Welcome to our next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. Happy day after Independence Day and hope that yesterday you had an opportunity to celebrate our good country and to rejoice in the freedoms we enjoy. We're glad that you found us for these few minutes to ponder the Word of God and to reflect upon how God is at work in our lives. Let's take a moment to prepare our hearts and minds by listening to some beautiful music. pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture lessons today come from two texts in the New Testament. The first from the gospel according to Luke, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of God. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man inciting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. And then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. And then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I, I find no basis for an accusation against this man, but... They were insistent and said, he stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea from Galilee, where he began even to this place. And 
When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean, and when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some, some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. And the chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. And then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before, they had been, before this, they had been enemies. The second lesson is from Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 25. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Oh, may your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours. And pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now, after Peter and John had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, proclaiming the good news to many villages of the Samaritans. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Every month when I open up the mailbox and see the monthly bill from FPNL, I remember something about power. Actually, I remember a few things. The first thing I remember is how grateful I am for power, electrical power, that is. You're never more grateful for power than when you don't have it. Each time the lights flicker anywhere, there comes a little bit of a pause and a panic that, will, that maybe what might happen is the power is going out. No lights then, no TV, no refrigerator, ugh. Suppose it's why I invested in a generator at our home. It's just my thirst for continuing to keep power. The other thing I remember about power is that it costs something. The bill reminds me of that. Utility companies have found an ability to collect and harness the power of the universe, and now they monetize it and sell it. And if you don't pay for it, well, then they don't give it to you. It's a free gift from the heavens, mind you, but it costs something here on Earth. The other thing that comes to mind about power is that it can be dangerous. It's not only dangerous when it comes down from the heavens like a, in a bolt of lightning, but it can be dangerous if put into the wrong hands. Nuclear power has been an issue of our lifetimes, and nuclear power can really, really help us, and it can really, really hurt us. In our text this morning, we see a couple of instances of people who have wrong understandings of power. In the first story, Pilate and Herod, who have been placed in power through their connections to Rome, think they have the power to do whatever they please, including determining the fate of this Galilean rabbi that the religious leaders have brought before them. They think they have the power now to mock, to abuse, to dehumanize the one whom we know as the Son of Man, 
the greatest of all people. They're deluded into thinking that the man before them is powerless when in all actuality, the one before them is the one who holds all the power. In the second story, Peter and John travel to Samaria to lay hands on the Samaritans who have professed faith in Jesus Christ, and they pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And then there's this fellow named Simon who wants to buy now the Holy Spirit, buy the power. And the disciples say, oh, no, you, you can't buy this power. This power is a gift. And not only is the power a gift, it is a power that comes only through love, self-sacrificing love. This power that God has to give doesn't control people. It's a power that serves people. Paul says that when you look at the self-sacrificing love of Jesus on the cross, you see the power of God, not for sale, but for free. God works his power on us by showing us how much he loves us. I love that story that Richard Foster tells about a friend of his who was shopping with his little two-year-old son at the mall. The little boy was not in a very good mood and was really being cantankerous, pouting, throwing tantrums, screaming when he did not get what, he's, what he wanted. Everything the father tried to do wouldn't work, and this kid was just in the business of making his father's life miserable. And finally, as a last resort, before he seriously considered leaving the child behind at the mall, the father picked up the little boy, held him as tight as he could to his chest, and began to sing. He began singing this song that he was making up on, along the way. I love you. I'm so glad you are my son. I think you are very special. The boy continuing to fuss and scream. I like how you laugh. You have beautiful eyes. You're the most wonderful boy on the planet. And on and on, the father would go singing as best as he could to his boy, holding that boy as close to his chest as possible. And he kept singing and singing and singing. And finally, the boy grew quieter and quieter. And when they finally got into the car and his father buckled his son into the car seat, the little boy said, sing it to me again, Daddy. Sing your song to me again. This world is filled with power-hungry people, power grabbers, power sellers, power manipulators. And it all misses the point entirely. The greatest power is in the one who gives up his power to control and instead gets down on his knees and washes our feet, sings, our so sings us a song, hugs us until we realize that the greatest of all truths is that God is love and his love conquers the world. Let us pray. Oh God, we want your power, and it is there for the asking. No price, just free. So embrace us and sing to us so that we ask for your love over and over and over again. Amen.